Contradictions. Have you ever had some contradictions in your life? And not just ones you've experienced from others, but I mean a contradiction that maybe you show in your life. You know, maybe you live in such a way that it has contradicted what you believe and maybe the moral standards that you believe the Bible teaches us. It happens to all of us. And so we find some comfort in a statement like this. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. We love that statement because it brings us that comfort and that reassurance. But you know, there's something missing from that statement. It's not just Christians who are forgiven. All people are forgiven. Because Jesus died for the sins of all people. And as we find comfort from that statement that we are forgiven, let us also be reminded that then Christians should too be forgiving. So I have a question for you this morning. Is there somebody you need to forgive? Is there a situation where you're struggling to find and offer forgiveness to somebody? Maybe because of some hurt, maybe some anger and resentment, or maybe you feel the people haven't earned up to it yet. Christians aren't perfect. We're forgiven. But God also wants us to be forgiving. Now this month I've been emphasizing how we've started a a new year. And how sometimes when you come to a new year, you seem to think that things can kind of start over. Well, we've been into this new year now, what, three weeks or so? (laughs) Has it been anything new? Has it been kind of a start over for you? Maybe it's a lot of the same old stuff again. But today I want to tell you that we do get a fresh start with God. We're in the time of the church year where we like to focus in on some of the events from the life of Jesus. And today we're going to focus in on a familiar story, probably to you, of a woman that was brought to him caught in the act of adultery. And the Jewish leaders who brought her to Jesus were ready to condemn her and wanted Jesus to do the same. But instead, he tells us how she gets a fresh start. He tells us how she is forgiving, forgiven and points out to us that we are to be forgiving. Let's listen to this account from the Gospel of John. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, 
he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away, one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with a woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Boy, do we like that statement, huh? Because we know we need it. And because we know it's true, there is forgiveness for us from God. Now, the Bible uses a lot of different pictures to help us understand different spiritual truths. And that's true also for forgiveness. It uses a lot of different pictures to help us understand what forgiveness is. One of those pictures is the idea of washing or cleansing. It reminds us that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from our sins and that in baptism our, our sins are washed away. In fact, it also talks about a fountain, a fountain that brings healing and life, a place where we get a fresh start. There's a, that idea of a fountain reminds me of one of the hymns that we sing during the Lent time of the church year. It goes like this. There is a fountain filled with blood. Emmanuel was slain. And sinners who are washed therein lose every guilty stain. A fountain filled with blood. Sounds kind of gory, doesn't it? I mean, would you picture a, a fountain and blood all over it? By the way, did you know that there was blood all over in our entryway in church this week? <laughs> Don't worry, it was just the Red Cross. <laughs> they were here to get blood donations. <laughs> and we're okay with that, right? Because, you know, blood donations, that's for life. Because blood has the essence of life. And so when the scriptures speak of a fountain that brings us forgiveness, it's pointing us to Christ and his blood. For John tells us it's the blood of Jesus that washes away all of our sins. It's pointing us to the crucifixion of Jesus. Now, we had blood in our church on Tuesday because it was the Red Cross. But in the Old Testament, they had blood in their church, in their tabernacle, in their temple, because that was part of their worship system. That's what God told them to do. Every year there would be thousands of animals that were sacrificed and their blood that was spilled on the altar out in the courtyard was brought into their church and sprinkled around. Because God was trying to emphasize to them that you cannot be in the presence of God with sin. And that forgiveness could only come through the shedding of blood. But it wasn't animals that could save us. 
That's why they had to keep doing them over and over and over. Those animals were simply pointing them ahead to the sacrifice of Christ, who was the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. The blood that Jesus shed on Calvary's cross was shed to take away the wrath of God, was was shed to pay the penalty that I owed for my sins. St. Paul reminds us of that when he said, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Paul was telling us simply that Jesus died for our sins, but he came back to life so that he could make a declaration, so that God could make a declaration, just as Jesus declared to that woman, I don't condemn you. That's what God declares to us. I don't condemn you. And we have the certainty of that sentence from Jesus' resurrection. Before, we we heard the gospel reading from John. It was what happened on Easter Sunday. Think back to that reading. The disciples are all gathered together, locked up behind closed doors in fear. And Jesus comes to them, shows them his hands and his side, his wounds, as proof he paid the penalty, as proof he was the one who was crucified, but now is alive. And what does he say to them? Peace be to you. Or in other words, peace is yours. He was telling them, there is peace. There is life for you from my death. There is New life, we might say a fresh start because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. That's the fountain of forgiveness for us, Christ. But how does that forgiveness become ours? We too have been caught in sin, like that woman. How does forgiveness become ours? That's what we say repentance is all about. It has a a role, a purpose. Now sometimes we might think repentance is just being sorry for your sins. Well, that's part of it. There's a lot more. Listen to how the Apostle John tells us what repentance is. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So with that passage, he's telling us now what the role of repentance is. First of all, it starts with some terror. The conviction of God's law in our heart, pointing out our faults, he said, look it, if you don't acknowledge that you're sinful, then you're fooling yourself. Now, I know that's not always a popular message. You know, people don't want to hear their problems, their, what's bad about them. You might be sitting here thinking, Pastor, I need some other kind of encouragement this morning. But here's where it starts. If we aren't convicted of what our, our condition is, our status with God then, as John said, we're just fooling ourselves about everything else in life. So it starts knowing that we have violated God's law. And to say that, 
John said, confess your sins. And that word confess in the original Greek literally means say the same thing. God wants us to say the same thing about our sins that he says. They're wrong and they're deserving of punishment. But God also says something else about our sins. That they've been cleansed. They've been washed away. They've been forgiven in Christ. And so repentance isn't just admitting we've done wrong, but it's confessing, it's trusting that in Christ we have forgiveness, full and free. That's why we like that statement. We're not perfect, we're forgiven. In Christ, that's what we hold to and want. That's what we need, that forgiveness. Knowing that we have it then, As we have turned to Christ for forgiveness, we also want to turn away from our sin. Like Jesus encouraged that woman, now leave your life of sin. The role of repentance is simply for us to apprehend, to grab hold of that gift of forgiveness in Christ. And to know then that we have it, There's also assurance that's given to us through what we call absolution. Absolution is one of those big, fancy church words. It comes from the Latin language that means to loosen or to set something free that's been attached or tied up to you. And so absolution is when the pastors or another Christian tells you that your sins are forgiven, They have been taken away, and the punishment that was promised is gone because it was put on Christ instead. Absolution is simply assuring us of what Jesus assured his followers. Peace is yours. New life is yours. A fresh start. Christians aren't perfect. We don't claim to be, but we do proclaim we are forgiven in Christ. That that hymn I referred to earlier that spoke of the fountain filled with blood goes on to say this, Ere since by faith I saw the stream your flowing wounds supply, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be Till I die. Forgiven. That's our theme. That's our life. But now let me ask you that question again. Do you need to forgive somebody? Do you struggle with that? Is there some hurt? Some anger? Some resentment? Something you want to see yet from them before you forgive? Do you need a fresh start? Maybe your life is filled with some some troubles, some anxiety right now. Maybe you're faced with some challenges. And maybe you're wondering, where do I stand with God? Go and get that fresh start by standing at the cross. That's the start line. And as you look ahead at life and see maybe a long course yet and maybe some uncertainty of what lies ahead, keep standing at the cross. Because it's not just the starting line, it's where the race continues and where it will 
not end, but go on forever. We're forgiven. Okay, so let's go back to that story about that woman. She was forgiven, not condemned. That's our story, too. What about those guys that were there? Jesus addressed them because they were the ones who had a problem, too. They were not ready to forgive. Not only that woman, but even Jesus. They were out to trap him, the expert on forgiveness. And he teaches them and us an important lesson. That as we are forgiven, we will also show forgiveness to others. Let's go back and take a look at what he was doing. He was giving them a lesson. A judgment about judging others. There are some do's and some don'ts. Let's look at the don'ts first. He said to them, If any of you have not sinned, then you can be the first ones to throw the stone. And nobody did. It kind of reminds me of the words that Jesus spoke earlier in one of his sermons. You know, you can see the speck in your friend's eye, he said, but you don't notice the log in your own eye. How can you say, my friend, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you don't see the log in your own eye? You're nothing but show-offs. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you can see how to take the speck out of your friend's eye. Uh, We like to put it this way. Don't be hypocritical. Now notice, Jesus says it's not like you overlook the speck in somebody's eye. It's not that you don't see somebody else's faults or their sin. God isn't telling us to ignore the wrongs of others or to just brush it off like, well, that's the way it is. What he's telling us, don't be hypocritical. Don't come and condemn others when you yourself are also filled with faults, with sin. It's about forgiveness. Not proving who's right and who's wrong. It's about forgiveness. Don't be hypocritical. Also, don't make your forgiveness of others conditional. You know, sometimes maybe we're not ready to forgive somebody because we're still hurting. We're still steaming. We still have resentment toward that person because of what they've done. Maybe we want to see them have to suffer a little bit. Or maybe we want them to pay up, you know, do something to make up for it. Or maybe we'll simply say, when I'm in a better frame of mind, after I've sorted through all this and calmed down, then I'll forgive. But then we let it go on and on and on because we've set conditions there. And those conditions simply weigh us down and cause us more grief. So that's the judgment about judging. Don't be hypocritical. Don't make your forgiveness conditional. Paul reminds us of this. He says, bear with each other and forgive anyone. If you have any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. God's forgiveness of us is not conditional. God doesn't say, you know, maybe someday I'll cool down Bork and I'll forgive you. He doesn't say, you know, when you prove yourself, Bork, then you'll have forgiveness. It's already done in Jesus. 
So let's take a look at the do's. You know, if we struggle with forgiving others because we're holding on to that anger and that, that hurt that was caused, do what God does with it. Put it at the cross. James gives us this encouragement when he writes, Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's what God has done. He has shown mercy to everyone. Those sins are put away, are washed away. Take those things, put them at the cross, and then keep forgiving. Peter thought he was doing pretty well when he said to Jesus, so, Lord, we're supposed to forgive people seven times seven, right? Forty-nine times. And Jesus said, no. Seventy times seven. You keep on forgiving. And while that resentment and that hurt may come back, keep putting it at the cross. And let me tell you that when you do that, you'll find you too will be blessed because you will experience the joy of forgiving others. That joy is going to be like a fresh start for you. Listen to these wise words of King Solomon from Proverbs. He wrote, One person gives freely, and yet he gains even more. Another person withholds unduly, but he comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And so experience that fresh start, that time of refreshing. Like the Apostle Paul, who wrote about his life being refreshed when he led his friend Philemon to forgive his runaway slave. There's a fresh start for us when we take it all and throw it at the cross. And when we have that fresh start, there will also be a time to rejoice. Going back to those words we heard earlier of King David, who was referring to the new start he got because his sins were put on Christ and washed away, he said, Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Get a fresh start. In my messages to you, I always have a little section entitled, A Message for Me. Here's a message for you today. It's that question. Do you need to forgive someone? Are you struggling with it because you're still hurt? There's still some resentment? You still want to see something? Remember that forgiveness starts at the heart. The heart of God first, who took all sins and put them on the cross. And now from us can come that forgiveness, that fresh start for others. You want a fresh start today? Forgive someone. Amen.